This is Caitlin Clarkson, and you're listening to Patch Turned Up, coming from the Patch Studio in Spencer, West Virginia. This is Episode 7 of the Patch Podcast and Episode 4 of the Food and Farm series. Today's podcast is Food and Farm with Sierra. Today we are talking about the West Virginia Small Farms Convention. Hey, Caitlin. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Marvelous. I had an awesome morning at the Capitol. You know what I was doing there? No. So today was the Food and Farm Coalition's 7th Annual Local Food and Farms Day at the Capitol. Uh, do you know what that is all about? No. No? Okay. No. Um, so I didn't either. Um, and so I was invited a couple years ago to, to um, advocate for a couple bills. But it's just an awesome day at the Capitol. We have a bunch of different um, representatives, producers that show up. And it was just – it was an awesome – both networking and meeting with legislators on getting bills passed for, you know, positive change in the food, in food in West Virginia. So I wanted to give a shout out to some people that helped make today awesome. Um, Public Market was there. West Virginia Cooks provided an amazing uh, breakfast. Uh, Hill Tree Roastery had some coffee. I learned a new way to, to brew coffee. It was pretty awesome. Um, and they do, yeah, they had some amazing stuff. There was, Turnrow was there, Sprouting Farms, um, Meadow Branch Farms, which is a raw dairy producer. You can get herd shares from her. She's awesome. I, I get my, my raw milk from her. Wrong Family Farm, and then Hernshaw Farms as well. They do mushrooms, and it was, yeah, out of this world. So just, it was an awesome day. I'm sure I left some people out that were amazing, but um, if you are passionate about food, you know, food and, lo- and local food businesses, I highly recommend that you, you go next year. It's a really great experience. Um, and just a, just a, I don't know, this is an awesome day. This is a great morning. I was super pumped, you know, had, a, had an awesome day. And then I got to drive here and I get to talk to you, which is, which is awesome. <laughs> so uh, kind of circling back to what I want to what I wanted to really focus on because next week is the West Virginia Small Farms Conference. Have you ever gone to the West Virginia Small Farms Conference? No, I don't even know what that is. You don't even know what it is? No. All right. Well, it's hosted by WVU, um, and it takes place in Charleston at the convention center. And uh, really what I wanted to highlight, you know, there's a ton of workshops. You can go on their website and kind of get the schedule and see what different things are available there. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go through the entire schedule, but, um, there are just specifically, there are some certifications that they offer that I really just want to make sure that people know about because they, they bring in some, some really, really great people from Virginia Tech to, to teach a couple of these courses. Um, I took the Better Process Control School last year. It's, it's awesome. If, if you're wanting to get into commercial production, definitely uh definitely need to take advantage of this class um it's taking place on wednesday and thursday it's a two-day class there's a test oh my several tests right i don't like tests Um, i don't know but they help you that you know we we all work together um i met some really great people in the class as well but if um if you like i said this course fulfills the requirements for commercial operations including food manufacturers and commercial kitchen operations so if you're wanting to sell you know, things that are potentially hazardous salsas, for example. Um, I know there's several awesome salsa manufacturers in West Virginia, but this course is, is required for that to kind of to make sure that they're good to go. So what is your favorite part? My favorite part about the Small Farms Conference? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I would say the networking. Um, it's a great place for, you know, 
for everyone to kind of to to gather in on one area. Um, West Virginia, for being such a small state, it's it takes forever to get in. Where have you ever been to the uh, Eastern Panhandle? What, no. What? So no, never been. To, okay. Like Hawks, uh, Hawks Nest is up there. Uh, Trying to think of what other Harbor great things. Ferry. Harbor's Ferry is up up that way. Got to make a road trip. Although it will take you about four hours to get up there. So just you know, coming from the West Coast, I was like, oh yeah, I can like drive across the state in a day. Here it's a little bit. You know, it's like okay, you got to be committed. But uh, it's it's just I get to see a lot of people that I don't get to see very often, and. Um, you know, check in and, and see how they're doing, see what new things are, are going on in the state. Um, there's always, I feel like, you know, we're, we're always evolving and there's always just really, really interesting people that are coming in and doing really awesome things in the state. And so I just, I don't know, it always just gets me jazzed up, you know, getting to, getting to see people and getting to hear what awesomeness they're doing. So that's probably my favorite part about it. I mean, you, you get, you get good food, you get uh, some, some awesome workshops too, but that one's definitely there. Sounds like a lot of statewide networking. How important is that? Oh my gosh, it's huge. I I gotta stress the importance of of having a support system when you're in you know farming, especially. Um, you know, coming from the military, you have you know a very a very uh, you know su- awesome support structure there. You know, because it's high stress and, and, and all that. Farming is high stress, too. A lot of people think, oh, you plant a, you know, plant a couple of tomatoes and it'll be great. And then you have drought for, you know, six weeks and everything shrivels up and dies and you've lost everything. And so, you know, lessons learned, you know, networking with people so that, you know, you can recover from things like that. Learning about the resources available so that if something like that happens, there there are funds available to kind of help get you back up and running and I think you know being able to to meet with people and to you know you don't know what you don't know and the more you the more you know in farming I'm I'm telling you it's just knowledge is power (laughs) is there someone particular you like to network with so my my first small farms conference I um, didn't really know what I wanted to get into which I feel like a lot of people are in that boat. They're like, I really think farming would be fun or interesting, but I don't know either a what I'd be good at or what markets you know are open. That hey, if I, if I grow eight billion tomatoes, and farmer Joe down the road is growing eight billion tomatoes, we're gonna flood the market in tomatoes. So maybe I should try try something else so that so that I can you know help diversify. Diversification is so important. So I can help <laughs> diversify and 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 make sure that what I produce and what I put my hard work and time into is going to be able to, you know, get out there into the market and, be, and get sold. So, um, yeah, so I, so that's, that was me going in, not knowing what I wanted to do. And I took a beginner bee class and that's where it all began. I was like, Oh, that'd be fun. I'll start a hobby. And I bought a couple hives. Um, Eric Grandin, who was here last week is my mentor and, and who got me kind of into it. Um, he's awesome. I, like I said, I definitely recommend you go out, you get in his hives. It's, it's, it's a really great, um, great experience and a great way to get into it. I started with four hives and I was up to 45 at one point. So yes. So quickly, you can quickly, uh, fall down a rabbit hole in, in certain 
things, but um, I I love it. I think it's awesome, and I think, like I said, you know, I went into it thinking, oh, I want to do, you know, I want to go down this route, and then meeting people and seeing, oh, maybe I could, you know, diversify and use these, go different routes, definitely helped us out a lot getting into it. So um, just real quick, going back to some of the certifications, there's also the Food Safety Monitor modernization Ooh, that word say that five times fast <laughs> um act uh and the produce safety alliance grower training so fisma is the buzzword for that one but that's for producers and growers that are interested in exploring the ghp gap certification or seeking basic food production and handling practices um, for direct markets it's a one-day course so unlike the better processing this is one day in and out um, and you get the, all the resource materials you need and instruction to explore your current practices and how you can apply good food safety practices. It's just really good for, you know, making sure that you're giving the best product to your customers. And then if you're wanting to ever upgrade and do, so GAP certification kind of opens up markets for you that otherwise wouldn't be available. Um, and so if that's something that you're looking to and to expand into, this is a really great kind of intro to that certification and, and doing that. And then on the next day, so that one's on Wednesday. On Thursday, there's another one-dayer, and that's your uh, good manufacturing practices, so your GMP. Um, and that one, so that's a system for ensuring that products are consistently produced and controlled according to quality standards. So you want to minimize your risk involved um, and then eliminate, you know, pretty much eliminate risk as, as best you can. So you're going to be, cover all aspects of production from starting materials, premises, and equipment to training personnel and hygiene of staff. So again, all your materials are provided and it's just a really good kind of intro to that. Is there a fee to attend? Ooh, um, there is. So um, honestly, I don't know off the top of my head. So I'm not going to lie, it's a little, it's a little steep, um, but if you are a veteran, it is free. So veterans, I highly recommend you all go if you can because you're, so you can go online and pay up front, show up with your DD-214 and your ID, and they the VA is going to reimburse your the price of your admissions, which is really cool. And then there's also scholarships available, um, which we're getting close to that deadline, but um, if you're interested and, you know, I totally get it because I wouldn't be able to afford it if I didn't get the veteran discount, um, definitely try to get into that scholarship if you can because, um, like I said, for me, a lot of it is the networking, but it's also, there's some really cool workshops going on this year, um, so go check out the, the schedule. It's, it's pretty, there's some pretty neat ones. What, sure. what can a new person learn from this conference? So I think kind of the most important thing is you uh, – so when you enter these workshops and you're like – like, for instance, I was thinking about getting into hops. I think it was last year. I was like, oh, hops, yeah, that's great. Like, I totally want to get into it because craft brew breweries are, like, popping up everywhere in the state. I'm like, this is awesome. I totally want to do it. And then they were like, okay, yeah, you got to put in telephone poles and run wires. And I was like – and get, like, a cherry picker. And I'm like – Whoa, okay. So I think it kind of, it definitely puts things into perspective for you up front so that you're 
don't you know jump into the shallow end head first um which is you know you don't want to do but at the same time you know so it brings you into that but there's also you know I'm, I'm not i'm not trying to dissuade anybody from growing hops because you know i think it's great but there's other methods to do it as well and so you know in that class in that workshop i was in you know everybody there was interested in growing hops or some people were already doing it and so you could you know talk to other people that are doing it in the state and kind of figure out hey what are you doing how's this working what you know are you selling it are you pellet you know all these different things that go into it that you know especially as a as a beginning farmer with zero background in farming you can really get and even people that have you know been in farming for a long time and, and are wanting to switch things up because uh, I've, I've talked to a couple different people here recently that you know they've been running cattle on their on their property for for several years and you know whoever you know they're just like uh, you know I'm kind of wanting to switch it up this is a great place to kind of figure out okay well you want to switch it up cool like what kind of options do you have like what you know how much time how much time do you want to put into the property you know how much time do you want to put into marketing your product at the end, you know, and that sort of thing I think is really, really cool about, about going. So, so yeah, I like it. It's, it's cool. Like I said, I get to see people I don't get to see in a long time, which is my favorite. <laughs> so we have the student passes to get into the conference is 30 to $40 a day. What? The child, which they call the budding farmer, is $15. And adults or higher. Okay, all right. Awesome. Well, see, there you go. That's cool. I love the budding farmer thing. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. But um, could you clarify on the last subject what hops mm -hmm. are? Oh, boy, hops. So our, I'm not an expert on hops, but I know it's it's kind of – no, it's not a tumor. It's – it is what you brew beer from, though. <laughs> and I know Cascade is one of the more popular varieties, um, but a lot of the microbrews, at least that I've been kind of hearing about, you don't necessarily have to grow hops to get into the craft brew industry. Uh, there was one, I know they were taking like nettles, making a nettle beer. Beets make a really pretty beer. I know, right? I'm getting weird looks from Kaylin here. She's like, beets, beer, that's weird. Um, and it is weird because you, you don't ever, like, I never would have thought, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a beet beer. <laughs> but there are people making, I mean, it's really cool. And uh, cideries as well. There's some really cool things that they're doing. Um, I got to try an elderberry cider the other evening from, I think it's called Hawks Nest. <laughs> I think that's the name of the, the cidery. But, uh you know they're they're trying different flavors and doing different things so you know i think not necessarily you know pigeoning yourself into oh well i have to grow this particular thing to do to you know make x y and z yeah it's it's kind of a variety of of things which is really cool cuz i don't know i didn't know you could do that yeah but the Whenever we go down the Canadian Valley, the microbrews <gasps> microbrews are gaining popularity right like i down know the canadian davis area they they do have a lot over that way. Yeah. It's it's really cool because especially coming from San Diego where there's a microbrewery on literally every corner, um, it was really cool to come back here and see that they're popping up on this side as well. I'm yeah. like super stoked. There's like 50 listed in West Virginia. 50, yeah, that's right. 
super cool. No, I know. It's like I said, it's gaining. Same thing with cideries. There's wine. You know, wineries are catching on. So I, I think it's you know, there's a lot of things that you know, you know, what is West Virginia really known for? When people think West Virginia and alcohol. Moonshine. There you go. Yeah. So I mean, we have a rich tradition in in making some some good stuff. So you know, I think you know, expanding that into the the craft brewery, the the wineries, the cideries, that sort of thing is is awesome. Yeah. And distilleries. No, don't want to like you know ex- exclude them either because they they need all that grain from farmers. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, we went on vacation to Gatlinburg and there was oh. free whiskey tasting there's a bunch of distilleries up there that can get you know those oh here have a free free flight of something yeah that can get dangerous quickly <laughs> 11 o'clock at night oh everybody <laughs> that's awesome yeah that'd be cool like i know like some places and i don't i know i shouldn't know this um but like craft brew trails and stuff like that and i think that's really a cool thing and i think there's a lot of people in West Virginia wanting to kind of hop. You know, agritourism has really um, started to step up in the state. And so I think, you know, going more towards those lines, um, the Maple Days is coming up. And they kind of do a maple syrup trail that you can that you can follow. And I think that's really cool. And they, they not only combine um, the, the sugar shacks, but if there's any local businesses that want to use uh, – you know, West Virginia maple syrup and, you know, sticky buns. Not that I'm, like, throwing that out there or anything. But, you know, and something delicious and um, and mapley and awesome, then they get on the map as well. So it's, you know, you can kind of not only see how how it's made and see how it's produced, but also get some yummy tastes along the way, which I think is great. That's <laughs> always good. That's always right? a plus. I know. If there's food, I'm there. Oh, yeah. Right? Definitely. Come on. <laughs> So, so yeah, so like I said, I think that's, you know, really starting to catch on in the state, and I'm, I'm super stoked about it. I think it's awesome. Because I think that really tourism in this, you, West Virginia is gorgeous. There's no other state like it. Yeah. I like up at Dolly Sods, the wild blueberries. All right. That's the best uh, things ever. Ah, I know. Local winery, Chestnut Ridge, grows grapes. Phil and Teresa do a lot of things growing with, for their wine. Oh, sweet. Yeah, there we do have a lovely local winery here in Spencer. Mm -hmm. And so and they post beautiful pictures of their (laughs) their selections on their Facebook. So, yeah, if you're wanting some local wine, we've got it right here in Spencer. So look no further (laughs) than up than up the ridge. Yeah, (laughs) they've been up there for a while. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Oh, this is an agritourism opportunity, I think. Yeah, definitely. Take advantage of it. And plus, Spencer has, I mean, Black Walnut Festival. There's so much things, you know? That's what, you know, West Virginia has a festival for about, for about everything, which is yeah. which is cool. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. I think that's awesome. Do you know you could tap Black Walnut trees? Tap? Yeah. So, sorry, I know, right? Ooh, what is that? Um, so, normally, you know, you think maple syrup. You're like, yeah. what kind of tree you tapping? Tapping on, maple you know, tree. Sugar maple, right? I um there I mean there's a big future generations is doing a big push with uh with maple syrup production and just syrup, well just syrup production in general. You can tap like all kinds of trees. I didn't realize you could do yeah, black walnut trees, you can tap this tulip poplar, like what's tap? 
So tap is when, all right, I don't know how I can explain this via, but pretty much you're taking like a little spike and you're hammering in the side of the tree to help get, the, to release the sap and let the sap kind of come out. So um, that's, that's how you get the, the sap out of the tree. Yeah, but back to conference, is Ooh, there... Yeah, sorry, no. We uh, go down rabbit holes, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> is there a better day than another during the conference that oh, you would prefer to go? Um, I mean, not that I want to like exclude anybody in particular, um, but I always really like going to the Winter Blues Farmer's Market, and that's on Saturday. Um, so... Just because there's, I love, like I said, if there's food, I'm there. And you have a lot of uh, West Virginia producers that are there selling some really awesome products. Um, and you just, again, like I said, food there. And it's it's really cool to kind of see who's doing what in the state. Because there's, I mean, there's just so much going on here. It's awesome. I'm like, I'm just so stoked to be a part of the, the agriculture um, in the state because the people are awesome. So, um, kind of just, if you need to get a hold of me, uh, West Virginia Food and Farm Coalition website, you can find my, uh, my contact information there, everybody's uh, contact information there. So if you're listening in a different food shed and want to get in touch with your coordinator, you know, you can click on them there. And then also, I kind of just want to throw this out there, if you are interested in a particular topic, because we've talked, we kind of covered, we've kind of covered the gamut, haven't we, Caitlin? Yeah, we From have. From bees to holistic orcharding to events. If there's something that you're really interested in and you want me, you know, want us to talk about, or you want me to find somebody who is much more educated than I am to talk about it, um, please put it in the comments. I'd love to, you know, to get to get some conversations going and, and see see what info y'all want to hear because it's all it's all about what 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 y'all what y'all want to hear <laughs> sounds good yeah this is caitlin clarkson and you've been listening to food and farm with sierra stay tuned in for more podcasts music updates and from patch students patch community and children first